everybody. Welcome to Two Guys Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelicone. You were listening to episode 109 of The Spin Chagrin, and last week's category was Aztec Ally. In a category that I wish I remembered how that came to be, but I don't. So it's just a category. So Frank, what did you come up with for Aztec Ally? Uh, surprisingly, I came up with um, three movies. Um, Impressive. Story. None of which I had in mind prior to you telling me this ridiculous name. And I still think of it as Aztec Alley and not Aztec Ally. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever, that doesn't make any sense either. So we're going to go through a couple of low. We're actually going to kind of span decades. We're going to go through a couple of mm-hmm. low budget films. One from the 70s and one from the 2010s, maybe. 2008. And then a big budget movie from the 2000s. Um, so I think we'll we'll have a nice little trip yeah. through time. Well, well, that's the maybe that's the Aztec Alley is, is this trip through time that you're taking us on. It is. <clears throat> All right. So the first movie we're going to talk about is the first movie I watched, and that movie is called Aztec Rex, Mm -hmm. um, directed by a guy named Brian Trenchard-Smith, and starring Ian Ziering as Hernan Cortez in what might be the worst casting of all time. Since you never listened to me, do you know who Brian Trenchard-Smith is? No, I'm probably obviously not since I don't listen to you. (laughs) Um, He was the director of Dead End Drive-In that we just talked about of this past week on the primary podcast oh oh maybe that's no that's not how i found i don't know <laughs> sorry um, oh he directed stunt rock and turkey shoot oh and bmx bandits yeah and i i actually really like this guy yeah well that makes um that makes a lot of sense because oh he did not do the demons 2 leprechaun 3 mm-hmm. god he did megiddo the omega code 2 that movie's terrible <laughs> um so, Ian Ziering is Hernan Cortez, and he and his troop of conquistadors are going through the, what would that be, like the Yucatan Peninsula or whatever, Sounds looking right. for gold. Um, so, meanwhile, there's a bunch of Aztecs um, led by this, like, sneaky bitch-ass Aztec. Um, who's like their shaman or whatever, even though I know there's another word for it. They call it shaman in the game or in the movie. Um, and what he wants to do is sacrifice people to a Tyrannosaurus Rex that still lives in the jungles of the Yucatan in whatever that would be, like the 1500s, I guess. Okay. Um, yeah. And yeah, they cut out their hearts and then the Tyrannosaurus Rex comes and eats the heart. And that's how like they get by. Like that's how they keep the Tyrannosauruses at bay. Um, thunder lizards, as they're known to the Aztecs. Uh, that's where that term comes from, apparently, historically. Okay. From the Aztecs. I'm being completely facetious, obviously. <laughs> Fucking Aztecs didn't name the Tyrannosaurus anything. You could um <laughs> You could tell me anything because I know so little about like these cultures, like the Aztecs and the Incas and the Mayas and all that stuff. That like I, I well, you know, all three exist. I do. Bonus. How do you not know anything about that shit? Did you not like go to school? 
I don't know. What? They don't. They didn't teach us anything about that in school. I learned about all that stuff in school. <clears throat> I mean, I've learned about it in the interim as well, but I also learned about it in school. They're not telling me anything about Stout Cortez and Elkton, Elkton school system. Hernan Cortez. You don't know about Hernan Cortez? That's crazy. Uh, such a disgrace. Anyway, Cortez was an explorer, one of the first people to make contact with the indigenous people of Mexico. Um, so anyway, so as they're tra- traversing like the Yucatan Peninsula or wherever, which is actually filmed exactly where Lost was filmed, including, um, you remember the episode where they set up the golf course? Yeah. So they traversed that piece of ground like a hundred times in this movie. I guess they couldn't film in too many places in Hawaii because it's filmed in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Um, also, all the Mexicans look Hawaiian, especially the Mexican women are all definitely like Hawaiian women. Um, so kind of uh, shattering your illusion or whatever, like your reality. Um, so Cortez wants to they come upon these Aztecs and Cortez is like um, we can't get involved with them. We just need to move on and keep searching for gold. But um, his uh, sergeant in arms, like his second in command, um, ah, fuck, what's the dude's name? Ruiz or whatever. Um, he's all about like, no, we have to. Um, he wants to save this girl that he sees because it looks like she's going to be raped. And um, Rios is his name. So. Cortez runs away, but then Rios gets involved, and Rios ends up... Oh, I'm sorry. The T-Rex comes and eats one of the Aztec guys that's kind of being rapey with this girl. And so then Rios comes in and saves her, and they run away, and they hide under a log, and the Tyrannosaurus can't find them all of a sudden. So then the guy that was trying to rape her is Zakozin. That's the guy that was the... um. Uh, shaman at the beginning of the movie okay um and he goes back and says hey king uh your daughter got eaten um and then the other mexican or the other spaniards are there and they get taken prisoner by the mexicans by the aztecs and the aztecs um aztec king wants to kill him um because his daughter died and because like they were they have guns and they were being aggressive towards um the aztecs but then Rio shows up with the daughter and all is forgiven. Um, so they make a deal with the Aztecs that um, if they help kill uh, the Tyrannosaurus, um, they'll be able to leave and get on their ship and sail back without getting killed. So this is a deal they take. So then um, they're trying to trap the Tyrannosaurus. They set up anytime you see in the Tyrannosaurus, it switches into first-person mode, where you're, like, looking down the snout of the Tyrannosaurus as, as he's coming to eat you. Mm. And you eventually find out there's two Tyrannosauruses, a man and a woman. Two Thunder Lizards. Yeah, two Thunder Lizards. Um, it's the princess, the one that Rio saved, that tells, you know, hey, like, we call them Thunder Lizards. Um, anyway, so... One of their team gets mortally wounded by the Thunder Lizard. Um, there's actually this really funny scene where he's sitting against a tree and he like just wakes up casually, like, uh, 
And then he looks down and half his leg is missing because the Tyrannosaurus ate it. And then he's like, ah! Um, great acting. Um, Jesus. So this this is so obviously. I'm sorry. I have it playing on YouTube in the background, and just like this is so obviously the lost place. It's like so obvious. Yeah, like there's so there's so many shots that could be mistaken for establishing shots in an episode of Lost. Yes. Um, which actually I thought was pretty awesome. And then Ian Ziering being there, um, also pretty incredible. Um, Ian Ziering playing a Spaniard. Unrecognizable, too, to me. Yeah, wearing this ridiculous fucking, yes. I swear to God, like, dollar store uh-huh. um, wig. <laughs> because, the you know, Ian Ziering has, like, short white hair that would not look like... So here's one thing that I appreciated about this movie. Thing number one, and that is no one is trying to do an accent here. Like they're not even pretending to try and do like a Spanish accent or a Mexican accent or whatever. They're just talking, which I appreciate. And nobody's like talking in some other language. There's no like Aztec words thrown in for authenticity or Spanish words. They just talk. Mm hmm. Um, eventually they kill one of the Tyrannosauruses by knocking it into a spike pit they built. Um, so then the Aztecs are happy. Then they're like, oh, we got to get this other Tyrannosaurus. And half, most of the Spaniards, they want to run away. But Rios and, um, Mendoza, who's another guy that's like with them, they want to stay with the Aztecs. But then Mendoza gets killed. So then... Zokozin is like, oh, we'll fight, we'll hunt this last thunder lizard, and me and Rios will go together. And it turns out that, of course, Zokozin is like an evil guy who wants to kill Rios because he sees Rios as kind of like usurping his place because he was originally supposed to marry um, the daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she falls in love with Rios. They have a really awkward sex scene in like a mangrove tree. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's sci-fi channel, so it's not like any nudity. It's just like weird, like shoulders and moaning. I guess I don't know. <laughs> um. So Rios eventually, like he, Zakozin poisons him, and leaves him to where he thinks he's going to get eaten by the remaining Tyrannosaurus. But um, the princess and um, this Spanish monk who has been living with the Aztecs named Fra Gria, um they get Rios to like snap out of it and he goes back and Zakozin has fought um like the leader of the tribe or whatever the king or whatever he is um and mortally wounded him but then the king gives his blessing for the princess and Rios to get married but Fragria has already married him after they fucked in the mangrove tree um so then Rios and Zakozin get in this fight and Rio ends up killing Zakozin. Um, and then they use him as bait to lure in the Tyrannosaurus and they set up some gunpowder. And Rio shoots a flaming crossbow bolt into the gunpowder and blows him up. Um, and then Cortez is the only one. So Cortez, for the first half of the movie, is this guy that's like super into the idea of maintaining respect and peace with the Aztecs. And then they find some gold and he's like, fuck it. And wants to like, just throw away like 
anyway, so Rio ends up becoming like the king of this tribe of Aztec people, um, and tells uh, Cortez like you can never come back here again, um, because all the might of the Aztec people will be against you, uh, fucking traitor. Um, but Cortez leaves, and then it says that Cortez never returned. So I guess he listened. I don't know. That's like the coda of the film. Like Cortez never came back to Mexico again. Mm. Um, there's no other dinosaurs. It's just two Tyrannosaurus Rexes. So no real way of like, they don't have any children. So the idea is that like, there's always been a man and a woman. They've been procreating for millions of years, I guess. But um, yeah, I don't know. So this movie, I'm sure sounded terrible when I was describing it. Um, the CGI in the movie is laughable. Like anytime you see the Tyrannosaurus, it is one of the worst uses of CGI in a movie I've ever seen. It's like I saw it. It's really bad. 1995 level bad. Like PlayStation One cutscene level bad. But all the actors take their performances seriously. Mm-hmm. And again, I think it's actually kind of helped by the fact that um they're not like trying to do accents or anything. They're just like talking. Um, but it's actually written pretty well. And it's an interesting enough story, I guess, kind of, um, that it wasn't a terrible movie and I didn't like hate it or I didn't feel bad watching it ever. Like Mm -hmm. aside from like laughing really hard at any time the (laughs) T-Rexes would show up or like they would eat someone because that stuff's hilarious. Um, it's actually, you know, it's, it's a pretty watchable movie for a sci-fi film. So Yeah. You got any questions about it? No, Once I got past the fact that I was watching Ian Ziering play Hernan Cortez. Uh, no, I mean, I like looked up the actors here. Everybody's like uh, a professional. I mean, and has had long careers pretty much. I mean, so like all the actors, like I can see where it's like finely acted, I suppose. Um, the girl. Yeah is famous mostly for dollhouse she was in on uh, that short-lived whedon series but oh um, ancient lockman yeah after that she's had like a steady career the um the guy that plays the like priest or whatever he is um jack mcgee he has a long career um like long like playing like small characters and stuff and is like notable for like playing like new yorkers and shit like that um and that William Snow guy, which pl- who played uh, was that Mendoza? Um, yeah, yeah Mendoza. he's actually the the guy that does the voiceovers on Outback Steakhouse commercials. Oh. Um, <clears throat> but he's had a fine voiceover career. It feels like so. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so for being a late two thousand sci fi movie, mm-hmm. fine, you know, yeah. watchable, entertaining, uh, will make you laugh inadvertently at times and is imminently forgettable after it's done so yeah well yeah. i mean you feel this way a lot about sci-fi movies when you watch them a lot often isn't it like they're like not as bad as like the reputation they hold kind of yeah i guess somehow they always get some people with a modicum of talent to be involved in mm-hmm. them um yeah, it's they're whatever they're using. The, the Aztec shit in this is hilarious, though. Like the 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 way that they dress them and like it's I. Yeah, they're so the Aztecs are wearing leather bikinis or leather loincloths, and that's it. 
And right. then they have like some shit painted on them. Um, and I don't know, dude. The brightness of the colors and like, like their feathers and shit like that is hilarious to me. Like, well, the Aztecs wore like really brightly colored clothes. Like it's... they were super. See, this is what you don't know because maybe it is. Maybe it is I... knowledge of history, but. The Aztecs were really um, innovative in terms of dyes and pigments, mm-hmm. and that's where a lot of like our modern knowledge of pigmentation comes from. Is the Aztecs' knowledge of how to like mix things with oils, I guess, to make paint or whatever. Yeah, it just feels I don't know, very modern. Mm. <laughs> Those colors. Well, it's probably because the budget was like ten dollars. I'm sure, but. I right. mean, again, like they got these Hawaiian ladies wearing leather bikinis, and that's how, um, that's how you represent an Aztec. Right. But whatever, who cares? I mean, it's it was fine, and I didn't hate it. So. Yeah, that's good. So, what's just your grin score on that one? Uh, it's like a five. You know, yeah. nothing. It wasn't like great, and I would never recommend it. But it also wasn't terrible, and I would never tell you not to watch it. So. It just sits there firmly in the middle. Right. So let's right. move on to a yeah. much worse film. Oh, okay. Um, this one is 1978's Mardi Gras Massacre. Hmm. Um, directed by a guy named Jack Weiss. Um, it is 95 minutes of awesomeness. <laughs> um... So, basically, the plot is that during Mardi Gras, there is a man who lives in New Orleans who is obsessed with the idea of worshipping the Aztec god of evil. But the Aztec god of evil that he talks about is Coatl, which is like um, the, the snake bird, like flying snake bird thing, if you're familiar. And I'm pretty sure, like, I didn't research it, but pretty sure not the goddess of evil in Aztec myth, but we'll just let it go. Um, So the way that he does this is he goes and picks up, like, prostitutes at the local bar. And when he's talking to him, he's like, hey, I need the most evil prostitute here. And the other prostitutes are like, oh, yeah, it's that bitch. And he goes over and he's like, hey, I hear you're the most evil prostitute around. And she's like, yeah, baby, I'm nothing but evil. And then he takes them back and ties them. So he lives in this like ramshackle apartment, except his apartment has this huge room with like 15 foot ceilings that's got a shrine to Coatl as well as like a sacrifice massage table kind of thing. Okay. So he gets the women to get on the massage table and then he ties them up and then he um, drains blood from them and then he cuts out their heart Hmm. and he sacrifices the heart to Coatl. So. But he can only sacrifice an evil heart because, I don't know. He explains it, but it's really dumb. It's like, gotta give evil to evil, and evil is the only thing that can destroy evil. Or that, whatever, I don't know, it's a fucking idiot. So he's killing um, the evil people because the evil goddess that's not evil needs evil. Well, he thinks she's evil and that somehow sacrificing somehow sacrificing these women 
to her will cause her to eradicate evil and like bring about some kind of like golden age or I don't know. It's okay. not really very well explained. So there's this cop named uh, Frank Herbert of all things. Um, and he's like investigating the murder of this first prostitute and he meets another prostitute and they start like flirting with each other. And he's like, Hey, you know, I'm not doing nothing. Do you want to like eat dinner with me? And she's like, yeah, if you're buying. And then they go have dinner and then they fuck each other. And then half the movie is spent like watching them be a couple and not even like with murders, just them like going on dates and and, having dinner. And she's not being a prostitute anymore, but that's not like explicitly stated. Um, so in the meantime, uh, Mr. Fucking Aztec goes and um, is like hitting on this dancer, and he's like, "I need you to do some crazy shit for me." She's like, "Oh no, I'm playing Jane." Yeah. And that bitch over there, she'll do crazy shit, and she's evil. Um, all so these, then he, all these women point out the evil, evil hookers. Yeah, so then he murders her. So now oh. people are like, "Oh, it's a trend." So apparently in like San Antonio the previous year, three women had been murdered in the same way. So the cops are like, well, if he kills one more, he's done. Like we don't have to even deal with it anymore. <laughs> um, so their plan is just to let him murder one more prostitute and just like move on because then they don't have to deal with it. Okay. Um, but when he goes to get the next prostitute, he gets in a fight with her pimp and ends up stabbing her pimp to death. Um, so then he finds another pimp who's like, Hey, um, I'm gonna hook you up with this girl, but the girl owes that pimp money, and so the pimp convinces her to go with um the murdering guy, although nobody knows that he's a murdering guy at this point. Um, so they go back to the murdering guy's apartment, and he finds out that she's like just this innocent 19 year old who's kind of fresh off the bus. Mm. Um, and he's like, "Well, let me get you some food." And she talks to the story about how like her mom it used to be like this. Um, tradition that her mom would get Chinese food and she sees it as like this really wholesome thing and then it kind of like breaks his heart and he's like look I just need you to leave like because he doesn't want to kill her anymore because she's innocent because mm. he only needs evil people and she's like oh no like I owe you um, you should let me stay and he's like no seriously you gotta go and she's like no let me stay and he's like alright bet and then he murders her mm. um, so then she's dead so then Frank and Sherry, who's the um, the heart of gold prostitute, mm-hmm. and they actually describe her as that, as a prostitute with a heart of gold. Um, In case you didn't she know. Finds, she finds out that when Frank was investigating the murder of the first girl that was like her friend, um, that Frank stole money from the girl. And she gets all pissed off because she's like, you know, we're like the scum of the earth and we have nothing. But like we all had to pitch in to pay for her. Um, her funeral because she didn't have any money and it's because you stole it you fucker so she breaks up with him so yeah. then he kind of Fuck spirals him. and she decides that she's going to leave town but she's going to do this one last trick um, to get some money before she goes and it turns out that that last trick is being part of a threesome with the Aztec murderer guy um, and who else so when, when, he was deli- when he was getting the Chinese food delivered to him um he wears this like really ornate signet ring, I guess. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the Chinese guy delivering saw the signet ring. And I'm not exactly sure how anybody made this connection, but then Frank and them like ask the Chinese food place and they're like, oh yeah, we saw that dude. Um, and then they find out that Sherry's there. So they go and they interrupt the, um, interrupt the sacrifice and Frank and Sherry hug each other and make up. And she says it was all my fault, even though really it was Frank's fault, in my opinion. Um, so then like the police are chasing the Aztec mummy guy, um, or no, he's not a mummy. He's just a murderer, (laughs) the Aztec murderer guy. Um, and he ends up driving into the, uh, whatever the bay that's down there, I guess. Gulf of Mexico, maybe whatever that is, that body of water, the South of, um, New Orleans. And when they pull the car out, they can't find his body. All they have is the gold mask that he wore when he was sacrificing people. So I guess they left it open as a cliffhanger so they could have like another movie. But, um, there was never another movie because this movie was awful. So the acting in this movie is terrible. It's really super <laughs> fucking boring because even though there's like all these murders and stuff, like nothing is ever happening. I mean, it's like, remember we watched calendar girls. Yeah. It's like a worse version of that kind of, mm. it's also a hundred percent, a ripoff of the movie blood feast. I don't know if you've ever seen that Herschel Gordon Lewis. No movie from the early 60s which is like generally one of the first like slasher movies ever does that have an aztec enthusiast uh he's um an egyptian enthusiast so (laughs) he murders um he murders the women and sacrifices them to the egyptian like set or something i can't remember it's been a long time since i've seen that movie but i I was watching i was like god damn this is just like blood feast i didn't expect i didn't expect that answer i was just being a smart ass no it's it's true that's why it feels like a ripoff of it Uh um yeah so a lot of nudity in it um buxom women because they're all hookers and strippers sure getting um their guts cut their hearts cut out of them through their tummies um the best part about this movie is the soundtrack and not just the soundtrack, but the score. So it has this, it, mm-hmm. it switches between like the early, like proto techno stuff, like Kraftwerk esque, like, you know, like the somebody playing like a really um, uh, early, early age, like synth kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then jazz like crazy free jazz for no reason and sometimes absolutely with the opposite like tonal impact that you would expect for the scene like there'll be like like do 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 and it's like this guy like going to murder some lady mm. um and then just some random ass like pop songs from the time and i don't even fucking know if they're real songs i didn't look them up but um i don't know it's just a really it's it's a very wild widely wildly varied and interesting soundtrack for an absolutely forgettable movie that i never even knew existed before i just happened to find it on tubi today so (laughs) the guy that plays the main actor is just could not give a fuck about his performance either um you made me watch a movie called dark tower where the main character absolutely one of the most phoned in performances of all time to the point where I thought the character was meant to be autistic for a while. Um, this is just as bad. 
But the guy that plays the police lieutenant, Frank Herbert, he is the biggest, like, most unctuous fucking prick. And it's it's hilarious, like, watching him just like, um, ah, she's a fucking whore. But I kind of was into it, you know? Like, I was, she was starting to soften me up. It's awesome. Um, so, yeah. So, Mardi Gras Massacre. And the final scene does take place at Mardi Gras. Sort of like the final chase and everything. Um, so topical, you know, and really works the title back into the right the overall like pastiche of the the film or whatever. So, pastiche of the movie's garbage. Um, the guy that I guess the guy that played Frank Herbert, um, Kurt Dawson. Was, yeah, he was a uh, primarily like a stage actor, and but ended up eventually getting into television. And doing tons of soap operas. Um, looks oh, like yeah, I he, can see it. Yeah. Um, you have to like dig for his, like, yeah, actually, the searches. Um, but had uh, relationships with, um, uh, what's his name? Armistead, uh, Maupin, um, who is a writer, and I'm trying to remember what I know him from. Oh, he did that Tales of the City show back in the day. Right, 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 right. Back, I think it was on like HBO or Showtime or something back in the 90s. And then uh, Ian McKellen. Hmm. Um, but yeah. So that's him. And then the other guy, um, the guy that played uh, John. What is his deal? Oh, I just had him, damn it. Um, John is um Metzo William Metzo. He's an acting coach. I saw now. Oh my God, that's the killer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, hence John, right? You get it? Yeah. He so he was in some kind of after school special in 1984. Oh, nice. <clears throat> I probably um, watched it. Right, and but I it doesn't. It's they they list all the after school specials together on MDIB, so it's like really it. They don't tell you like which one exactly, um, unless you like really dig. But uh, called Summer Switch, and <laughs> a father and son magically switch personalities with comical results. I'm sure it's awesome. Uh, it was directed by. Ken Quippus, who uh, ended up becoming like a television director, he um he's directed like tons of shit in the past like twenty years. I know. Yeah, he did freaking freaks and geeks episodes. A lot of Malcolm in the Middle. Um, Don't know nothing about the Aztecs. We've told me all about the freaks and geeks. I can. I know more about the Aztecs than I let on. And Stal Cortez was Keats, so um, <clears throat> I know what I'm talking about. Um. Yeah. Although I am weak on that period of history, I don't know a lot, but I understand some of them. I know who the you fuck should take head. a trip down to the Yucatan and see like the Mayan ruins, and then there will be some like evil deity that gets resurrected, and you'll be sacrificed, and you'll just be like so annoyed that your vacation ended and being a human sacrifice. <laughs> Would I? Um, yeah, you, you, you'd be smoking a cigarette on some altar. Like, bullshit. I knew, I knew we should, I knew we should have gone to Clearwater. 
Ah, uh, fucking Mardi Gras massacre, Jesus. Um, yeah, but Mezzo is uh up in uh Philly as an acting coach now, so oh. you can go get acting lessons if you want from. You should call him. We should talk about Mardi Gras massacre. <laughs> um, maybe yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So what's the third movie? You don't want to know my chagrin score for Mardi Gras. Oh, yeah. Is this? A, do you want me to co-list this? It's fine. They all go together. Okay. All He's of in them? a pod. Sure. The whole journey? All right. All right. Okay. So what's the Shagun score? Uh, It's a seven. Okay. I wish it was better than it was, but it wasn't. And that was sad. End of story. William Metzo studied under Stella Adler. It's awesome. He really shows. Right. Um, so the final movie I watched, um, this is a movie I was watching last night when we were, mm. me, you, and our friend Orion were talking on a Zoom call, um, is 2006 um, historical epic Apocalypto, um, directed by Mel Gibson and starring a bunch of people. Um, technically, does that involve the Aztecs? Because was this was this filmed in Spanish Harlem? Um, <clears throat> I don't understand that joke. Considering the other movies that you watched, or they go there, the whatever Aztec. Rex. Oh no, this was actually filmed in um, Hawaii too. I think actually. Mm. I'll look it up. I have not watched this movie since it came out on video. Um, I'm surprised uh, you've never seen this. Yeah, I've always put it off. It was something that, like, I always say, I'm going to watch it, I'm going to watch it, I'm going to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Production. Let's see. Um, I said last night, and I stand by this, that I feel like this is one of the most racist movies I've ever watched in my life. Mm. And I know that a big part of, um, a big part of the, the creation and filming of this was the attempt to like really get it right with um in terms of like uh you know like the reality of the time and in that part of the world and how the mayans um were living mm-hmm. um i don't know man it's just there's something about like knowing that it's mel gibson behind the camera um that makes you feel like that dude has to have like some racist motivation or some maybe even like white man's burden behind filming it. Um, on one hand, it's actually a really beautifully shot movie. Like there's times where they're capturing, um, especially in the jungle, you know I mean? I'm a sucker for shit in the jungle anyway. Yes. Um, where it almost has like an Aguirre feel to it, sort of. Um, and then he ruins it by constantly using slow motion and the 1979 cam to like watch some fucking Mayan dude like run through the jungle. Um, I remember that. The movie could honestly be like 30 minutes less than shorter than how long it is just by cutting out slow motion and unnecessarily 
camera tricks and shit like that. Um, it also for so it takes place at the end. It takes place during like the very opening stages of the Mexican like exploration and conquest of um, Central America. Um, so this is like the beginning of like um, who would that be like Cortez and Balboa and all those people. Mm. Um, that's actually the end of the movie takes place with them on the beach, like watching the first boats, like coming to land. Um, I thought that was a really good scene though. Oh, it's amazing. Look, there's 50% of this movie is absolutely tremendous. And 50% of this movie is tremendously garbage. And it's just like the fact that it flips back and forth between the two with such like, when you say garbage, do you mean like boring? Like just unnecessary? It's not even, it's not even boring. It's just goofy sometimes. Mm. Like I'm trying to think. There were se- there were several things last night that made me laugh out loud because of how they were filmed or how poorly I felt they were conceived. Because um, part of it, it's it's just so all over the place. Like part of it really feels like kind of. I felt very similar to um, uh, very similar to um, and this is well before it but like Fury Road kind of okay in the sense that um, you know uh, like especially the stuff where they're on the um, ziggurat or whatever sacrificing the prisoners um just kind of like a fever dream sort of um approach to the way that gibson films it some of the stuff in the jungle i think is really beautifully filmed mm-hmm. but i can't stand like the camera techniques i think it's really off-putting um i don't know i don't know i just I thought a lot of like the deaths were kind of goofy and I didn't know if they were being played for uh, comedic effect or like whatever, you know, I couldn't figure out whether I was supposed to be laughing, but it did make me laugh like a number of times. Um, I don't know. Yeah, so don't... Uh, can you go into, into the, when you said that you, thought it came off as racist and in exactly in what way did you think it came off as racist there's things that he does to humanize so the basic story is there's a tribe living in the jungle um of mayans and they are hunting and they encounter a group of other mayans that are fleeing from something um, and then eventually they're attacked by this, like, larger kingdom of, like, warlike Mayans who take them prisoner. And then a lot of it is them marching across because the warlike Mayans, um, because they don't understand agriculture, like, their crops have failed um, and their people are poisoned because they don't understand, like, sanitation. Um, and they think that sacrificing these people is going to help them. But then there's an eclipse and they get freed. And then the one guy who's, I guess, the main character mm-hmm. um, has to go escape back to his village to save his wife and child and unborn son who are trapped in this hole that he dropped them into to save them from the initial attack. Blah, blah, blah. That's the whole movie. 
Um, I can't explain. It's just there's sometimes where it's like the way it's filmed. It just feels so condescending, like pity these poor savages kind of mm-hmm. thing. Does that make sense? It does. And I think that knowing like how racist Mel Gibson is, it's just kind of hard to ignore that feeling mm-hmm. and to not like see it as being, um, you know, whatever, like just kind of, uh, just kind of like weird and I don't know. Yeah, I, I I get it. I mean that that explain it, that ties into broader criticism of this movie. What you're saying, this kind of like these poor people type thing, like they don't know anything. Because one of the large criticisms of this movie, I I remember this time period pretty well. Um, of this coming out, and oddly, this movie some some parts of this movie have stuck with me for close to twenty years pretty well. Um. I found this movie really dull a lot um, and not off-putting, but certainly something I never want to watch again, I don't think. Like, I thought about it. It's always free somewhere. Um, But this comes out six months after that, that Gibson arrest. Like maybe maybe a year, I don't know, somewhere in there. Like you know, um, it's in between. He gets arrested between Passion of the Christ and this. So there's already that uh, cultural view of Gibson as an anti-Semite and you know, like a like racist and stuff like that when this comes out. So some people were looking forward, but I think I think it's fair to sit there and say that this movie portrays them as these brutal heathens that need to be saved by the incoming. Yeah. These stoic Christians like sailing right. across the. Yes. Um, to, to have that be your ending, even though I think it's a really well done scene overall, um, could potentially be problematic um in in the way that it's like portrayed um there's also some the there there's also the analogy during the bush years of this that was like widely talked about is that in a lot of ways this is like a pro pro war like kind of like pro like let's go in and like you know take over countries type statement Um, because they're all brutal heathens that need to be Christianized. Um, and given the fact that where we were like, you know, in that time with the Middle East, um, it was, it was viewed in that way as like, almost like a low key anti-Muslim sentiment, um, from Gibson. So, um yeah it's pretty controversial like at the time period i think everybody's forgotten about this movie now largely um but it had its defenders back then like tarantino absolutely raved about this movie when it came out and how you know that how well it was done and it might have been it possibly was movie of the year i remember all that um 
which I think is what made me end up like watching it like on DVD. Um, I think Wesley and I watched it, but um, yeah, I think it's a mixed bag. I think I think Gibson is a serious filmmaker, but I think there's a lot of problems in that psyche there, um, obviously, and. Yeah, I think it's problematic. I think you're right. Yeah. Again, I just felt like it was way too condescending in terms of... um, And it's hard to say that, really, because... I mean, obviously, like, these things happened in the Mayan culture. Like, that was a part of Mayan culture, right? was the sacrifice and... There, the, there's also I know there's a lot of inaccuracy in yes. the way that it's portrayed. Yes. Um, Scholar, know, scholars like, definitely say that there's a lot of inaccuracy, and it's actually taking more oddly enough from the Aztecs than the Mayans. But well, yeah, no, I mean that's the thing is that the Aztecs were the ones that were that believed in like eating the um, eating the body parts of your fallen enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely the sacrifice on top of the ziggurat, like that's a very Aztecian thing. Um, but it was almost like watching like a ultra violent version of like the gods must be crazy or something, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. Just... <laughs> like, here's these goofy fun loving you know practical joke playing salt of the earth indigenous peoples who are just living their best life and then they're attacked by like the warlike lunatics from the big city i don't know i just i just yeah right right i thought it was real condescending in a lot of ways yeah. um and that bothered me a little bit while I was watching it. And I just, I couldn't take it seriously, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. And it was went on forever. It does. It's really long. It's really long. And I haven't even watched Oppenheimer yet. And I, I couldn't watch Oppenheimer today because of fucking Apocalypto last night. <laughs> um, I think, I think there's going to be so many reasons that you come up with for why you can't watch Oppenheimer, and that's just going to be the first. <clears throat> I'm going to watch it. I mean, um, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> uh, that's interesting, I came, though. Like, I came really close today, and I watched uh, what's it called? Um, Last Voyage of the uh, Demeter instead. Mm. Um, and then I was watching it again, and I was like, "I don't really have enough time for that." So then I just wanted to watch something else right. instead. Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing is, I. I that's what I, that's why I tell myself every night is like, "Oh, I got time to watch a movie." You know what? I don't have time to watch a two-hour movie though necessarily because I could do this. So then I play a YouTube video, and then I watch like eighteen YouTube videos for four hours. Yeah, that's fine. It's 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 really not. <laughs> Why YouTube is fine? Yeah. Don't 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 <laughs> don't don't criticize your life. <laughs> um. There's plenty of value to be found in 
some YouTube creators. Some, yes. Yes, I agree. Yes. Um, there's too much of a good thing sometimes, I think, with all that kind of stuff. Like, um, I think when I don't want to get way off topic here, but it's like, I think when it's actual content and not just like, like mostly opinion, like, like I think when you're taking something away from it, like, and it's not just the person and the personality and opinion based, I think that's when you go down the rabbit hole of like worthless YouTube consumption is when it's too much of that, just opinion based type stuff. Um, and there's nothing like real tangible about the content whatsoever. And I can certainly fall down that rabbit hole at times. I mean, I um, watch stuff that's like 10 more hidden PS2 gems. And I don't know. I'm like, then I find things I want to play or games I maybe never knew about. I don't know. Yeah. I can mind your business. <laughs> I think it's funny that you take it as like a personal. Offense. I do. <laughs> I watch a lot of YouTube. I watch a lot I of do. everything though. You do you watch you you look you 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 watch a lot of everything and you read a lot of everything you play a lot of everything and you're doing it all at once. All I'm playing time. three games right now. Right, you're playing three games while you're watching 18 movies and you're um also like mainlining like YouTube videos um at the same time. Like you got Yeah, I all. watched like six movies this weekend and I played Nintendo for a while a couple times <laughs> in the morning when you woke up. Uh, no, actually, I had other stuff to do in the morning, so I did it later in the day. Hmm. You're, you're, you're oh throwing me off from from what I think your life is. I know. Um, well, I gotta I gotta change it up sometimes. Uh, so, what was your chagrin score on Apocalypto then? Eh, it's like a six, I guess. I don't know. I I just I just didn't enjoy it. I didn't yeah. think it was like a great movie. Um, I see a lot of value in it, I guess, but it's just not my thing. So, right, yeah, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, I understand. Um, I didn't particularly enjoy watching it all those years ago, like I said, and I, I, I've always thought about going back and like watching it again to see what I thought years later, especially during COVID. I was thinking about it because it was always free and. I just can't hit force myself like looking at that like runtime to to rewatch it. Um, doesn't feel like there's enough value to me. Yeah, I would argue that you're probably right. Yeah. Oh, all right. Um, Aztec Rex Mardi Gras Massacre and Apocalypto. That's impressive. Um, I I didn't think about Apocalypto even though it's one of the first things that comes to mind, even if it's not Aztecs, just because I just assumed just you had seen that at some point. Um, I almost watched a couple of the Aztec Mummy movies, mm. but I couldn't remember which ones I have seen and not seen. So, um, I just didn't bother with any of them. Also, I always want to like those movies, but I never actually enjoy watching those movies. Mm. I don't They're even know what you're talking about. Like the Santo stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, gotcha. I understand. I think you had me watch one of those, right? Maybe, I don't know. I think so. I think you did a long time ago. 
All right. You want to see what you get next week? Yeah, hit me. Spin that wheel. Category is I don't want to come off as being an equestriophile. I don't want to come off as being an equestriophile. What was that in relation to? That's a very weirdly <laughs> specific statement. Uh, I think that was from Horse Girl, um, which was episode one of the Spin Chagrin. It uh, was. Uh, I. I, I can only assume that, like, you made some kind of positive statement about about the, horses, about the maybe the looks of horses or the beauty of horses or something like that. <laughs> and uh, what a terrible category! I don't, I don't <laughs> want to watch a horse fucking movie. I definitely don't want to watch a horse fucking movie. Oh. Nor do I really particularly want to watch a movie with horses oh. in it. But I guess I'll find something. He, there's all kinds of stuff. I did I know. I've already thought of a couple. Yeah. Have you seen they they shoot horses, don't they? Yes, I have seen that. Do they do a remake or anything like that? Uh no. I don't know. I I I know what I'm watching, so what? Let it go. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know what you're watching. You're I do. There's up. been something I've been thinking about watching for a while and I haven't watched it. Oh Jesus. And it's definitely got fucking horses in it. It's definitely has horses in it. I don't know if anyone's fucking a horse. I need to really watch the way that I say that. <laughs> it assuredly has horses in the film. I don't even know honestly. I'd have to go back through Facebook at this point. I don't even know what the category was that made you watch Horse Girl. Well, that was when they were all my categories. In part, it's, yeah. You know, I mean, part. by and large. Yeah, the first year. By and large, yeah. Um, yeah, I can't even remember like why why you would have watched that movie. Is it because you were you're like uh, low key obsessed with um what's her face? I, I do like her a lot. Yeah, but no, that's not why. I mean, it would <clears throat> maybe it was about horses. And probably was like animals. You were very like animal like obsessed and I I still am. The category <laughs> should have been um I'm surrounded by naysayers, and then I could have like yeah. I don't know if you ever said that on a podcast. No, it's there is that. one category though that I there is a, a 30 rock quote that you have certainly said on the podcast though. <clears throat> and it could be it could be a lot, so um, but <clears throat> there is definitely really, one because I wrote it down. Um, I, I often say I once saw a pack of wild dogs take over and successfully run a Wendy's. You do often say that, um. Mm-hmm. That is one of the ones that you use from 30 Rock, yes. I saw a baby give another baby a tattoo. They were yeah. both very drunk. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, 
our basketball what is it our basketball basketball hoop used to be a rib cage yeah our basketball hoops was a rib cage <laughs> our high school is named after what is it uh, is it polk the, i can't remember yeah generally considered one of the worst presidents oh man that show is so good that what is, you got for me nobody nobody understands um like how good that show actually is yeah it really is underrated like i that's one of my comfort shows and i watch it like way too often but at the same time um i is, is this all of them um yep here's all of them uh let's see i slept i slept on an old dog bed stuffed with wigs I watched a press prostitute stab a clown. Our basketball hoop was a rib cage, a rib cage. Why did you bring me here? I blocked all this stuff out for a reason. Oh lord, some guy with dreads electrocuted my fish. <laughs> um I've seen a crackhead breastfeeding a rat. A homeless man licking a hot pocket off the third rail of the G train. I've seen a blind guy bite a police horse. A puppy committed suicide after he saw our bathroom. I once bit into a burrito and there was a child shoe in it. I've seen a hooker eat a tire. A pack of wild dogs took over and successfully ran at Wendy's. The sewer people stole my skateboard. The projects I lived in were named after Zachary Taylor, considered generally to be one of the worst presidents of all time. I saw another a baby give another baby a tattoo. They were very drunk. Yeah. Um, that's all of them. It's so good. It is. Um, that guy's a genius. Tracy Morgan. Yeah. <clears throat> uh all right. So all I got for you, honestly is something you don't want to do oh um, i know what it is yeah wah, wah. <laughs> um which is uh i wanted us to watch the borderlands trailer together and yeah. uh talk about why this might not be very good now you texted me earlier in the week before the trailer came out and you texted me about the poster and you like to look at the poster right i did yeah, and so why did you like that? It's different initially. seeing it in motion, honestly. Mm. Like, that's the whole the okay. whole of it. So, let's talk just a little bit about Borderlands quickly, just to contextualize this. Both of us gigantic fans of that franchise, right? Yeah, some of my favorite games of all time. Yes. Um... How many hours? Like, I know you can't come up with a real number, but it's like estimate how many hours you put in the Borderlands games. Several thousand. Yes. Between all four mainline titles. So when you say several, are you saying you think it beats 10,000? Uh, no, I don't think it's that long. I think it's probably one to 2,000 hours total. Hmm. I mean, it was several hundred hours on borderlands one the year it came out alone and i've played that at least a few more times 
And Borderlands 2, I mean, I've played through that. Jesus. Right. It's a lot of time. It is. It's a lot of time. I mean, it's got to be at least, yeah, a few thousand hours, I would say. Like, what? what is a, how? How much do you put into, like, things like the... Elden Ring and all that kind of stuff. Like, generally, like those... I believe Elden Ring is 600 hours right now. Right. Over the course of two years, and I've been playing Borderlands for 15, 20 years almost, I guess. So, what's Borderlands 1, 2004? Nah, I don't know. Five? Nah, that's like eight. Mm, I don't know about that. I think I was living in... um. Oh, yeah, that could be eight. You're right. Nine. October two thousand and nine. So fifteen years, right? Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's there's times like I I am legitimately playing a Borderlands three campaign right now that I have twenty five hours in, casually, and it's like probably the seventh or eighth time I played Borderlands three. Sure. And I just like, you know, stop playing a character in like level like 56 or something like that after just, yeah, again, just like, you know, like, oh, I'll go back and play this again for two. Like, you know, I mean, so we've both put in like many thousands of hours in this game. I think we both know the world really well. I mean, we're not unique in this. There's plenty of like, like Uber fans, even more so than us. Um, I get like YouTube shorts all the time. If I like go on YouTube shorts for a little bit of like Borderlands shit, because I've like looked up stuff in my last playthrough, like wondering about because uh, I was trying to go more. Um, I was trying to go a little bit more shotgun heavy at times um, in this playthrough and was wondering more about the shotguns. And <clears throat> So I get like shit all the time. It's like, holy shit. Like I've played how many like thousands of hours this game? I didn't know about this. Like, um, so there's plenty of Uber fans, but like we know this world pretty well. We know the characters pretty well. Like, you know, we don't understand the sense of humor, blah, blah. Um so given that context, uh this is following mostly elements of the first game. And the DLC from it, right? Except adding Krieg as a character. True. And Tina as a character. So True. So you're it, blending. It's not, it's not following anything. It's like <sighs> an amalgamation of just whatever they want. What they think is popular, I guess. Mm. I don't right. know. All right. Well, let's go ahead and but as we're watching it, I want you to tell me what stands out to you what like starts bothering you in this trailer um as i'm getting ready to hit play here the first thing that bothers me is um the trailer trailer honestly oh telling you the trailer starts now yep yeah. and then repeating shit from the trailer before trailer in the trailer that's also awful. So I don't mind this establishing shot and the whole joke with Claptrap not being able to like descend. Mm -hmm. I hate the fact that Kevin Hart makes Kate Blanchett look like a giant. Like, right. I really hate the whole Guardians of the Galaxy ripoff right. attempt with the whatever this song is. Help 
yellow mm -hmm. tongue or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's on the weirdest. I don't know why. At least it's not a remake. I'll give it the or a song, but I don't know why you couldn't give it some effort of like cell shading, considering that's like the whole point of the Borderlands series. So I think it kind of like doesn't look like Borderlands. I think it's just kind of this generic looking thing. I mean, that's a pretty seems like a pretty standard joke, at least to me. Like the idea of like the monster piss or something like that, even if it's not well played. Well, I mean, that's a place in Borderlands One, piss wash yeah. gully. That's what you jump in the first. Um, yeah. When you get your first car. What? Major issues. I don't understand. Like, I get like using like the Atlas thing because that's the whole joke or the whole gimmick of the first game, but. Yeah, the, you're right. They they really are taking like too much of a Guardians feel to this whole thing. That claptrap thing bothers me for some reason. I don't yeah, claptrap being like some kind of ninja is dumb. Yeah. I actually don't mind um, Jamie Lee Curtis's Tannis because I think she'll be. I really think good. one of the things yeah. with Tannis is she's kind of like unfathomable, really, as like a human. Yeah. So it's fine to make her like this older woman. I do I don't think get this. Oh god. I don't get this driving through this giant monster and blowing like whatever the fuck that is. Right, that should be like an end boss, right? Kind of thing. Yeah, like it doesn't fit in with the whole Borderlands thing. I'm expelling the excess lead. I, I can't go if you're looking at me. Oh. Actually scrap that. I'll be honest. To keep looking at me made me made me like that um, makes me chuckle. I yeah. I mean, Jack Black's a funny guy, so I think that those lines will be delivered well. Right. And I think there think there will be some good comedy there. Yeah. And comedy's part and parcel with the Borderlands universe anyway. I have no problem with it being um jokey in a lot of ways, but it just. Lilith looks terrible. Roland looks terrible. Well, look, and I'm not trying. Like, look, I mean, I think Kate Blanchett is a will be fine playing this character. Not maybe Lilith, but playing a character in this movie because she's a great actor, right? Like, I mean, um, but and I understand in saying this the problems with older females in acting in terms of like getting typecast or like having their roles limited but Kate Blanchett is like how old? like 60 I think um 54 okay yeah it's pretty old it's, it, it, considering like what Lilith is in this which is I would say like maybe like late 30s or something like that oh not um, even that. not even that you don't think like I mean, they're indeterminate in age, which is fine. Sure. With the exception of the fact that Gage is younger and right. Salvador, you assume, is older and Zero is a cyborg, so it doesn't matter. And look, um, and she looks fantastic. It's just the idea that it's I don't like think I she looks fantastic. I think she looks so? awful. No. 
I think she looks old and haggard, and I think it's a terrible look. It doesn't make any sense. Like, how much name recognition is that? You know, because here's the thing. It's a fucking video game movie. So either you're a fan of the movie and you want it to be like a no perfect or at least like a good, reasonable homage to the things that you love, or you have no idea what this movie is. And you need to be drawn in by something. And an old woman like shooting guns doesn't tick the box for either of those camps. This movie's going to make like $16 million its opening weekend and drop off from there. That'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Write that down. Sixteen million opening weekend. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. I'm writing write it, down. It, down. Write it down. I I forgot to write down. I don't want to. Now I'm all angry. Feel seem like an equestrian. Okay. Sixteen mil border. It, just, it looks trashy, and it again, like the part of the appeal of that game is the graphics and the fact that. You know, it's got that cel-shaded charm to it. Like, that's one of the things that I think that I... I mean, it's one of the things I like about the game. It's just that when you, pl- when you play Borderlands 1, 15 years later, it's just... It looks just as good as it did. You know what I mean? It still is mm-hmm. impressive. When you play Borderlands 3 on... like, And I'm playing on PS5 now. Fucking beautiful game. It's gorgeous to play that game. No slowdown, no, you know, <clears throat> cut in or whatever. It's just real. It's easy to watch. It's pretty to watch. And it like stands the test of time. Well, I mean, and that movie is none of these things. Last weekend or sorry, last week, we um, we talked about Thanksgiving. And Eli Roth directed a movie um, that he did not write. Um. This is something that he is uh responsible for co-writing. So um along with directing. So um maybe that's a that's the problem. Uh thanks it's really funny is that uh Thanksgiving is the only movie that uh oh sorry, no, there's a couple others. The Death Wish remake. Um that he directed something, the house. Oh, that right. I remember that. The house with the clock in the in its walls. And then Finn. That's a documentary, though. Um, so Death house Wish. The clock in its walls makes me really angry, too. Because that's we we've I've never watched that movie, and we've never maybe never talked about it. I feel like that's we... one of my favorite books as a child. Mm. The John Belair's. I feel like at the bar we talked about the trailer or something one time, like vaguely, like like I seem to remember that like briefly, like it came up. But I love the horror aspect of Bel Air's. Is I can't remember what the protagonist is, but it's like revolves around like one protagonist basically. Mm-hmm. And it just looked awful. I mean, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, it did. I don't know. It did. It absolutely did. But yeah, so those are the only two besides Thanksgiving that he didn't write. Um, or those two movies, the Death Wish remake, and um, so yeah, if we'll I see. if I was making a Borderlands movie, mm-hmm. I would have it be about the four characters from the first game, yes, getting to Pandora and coming to meet each other, 
and then working together to take down Atlas and destroy the vault monster. And you could do a bunch of, like, the story's fine as it stands. Have them, like, going through fighting Mad Mel and, you know, the um, New Haven and meeting, what's her name, Pierce, and you could do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's fine. It's already a fine story. It ends with an epic fight. And then the idea of like all these vaults on these other places that they have to go find. And then if you make enough money, you do a sequel and get somebody famous to play like Gosling or someone or John Hamm or Oliphant to play Handsome Jack. And you've already got another story that's like pre-written. You know, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to like create your own story. You don't have to make it. I guess that they think that Tiny Tina is like, I'm, I'm fine with Tiny Tina sometimes, but I think she's a really crass and broadly written character that yes. is kind of embarrassing at points. Um, her co- The comedy with her in Borderlands 2 after all these years, I mean, the, the further away we get from it is really cringy and insulting. Yeah. Um, also because she's supposed to be like 12 or something, and she's all like hypersexualized in a lot of ways. Yes, yes. That's the... the, the that's yes that's part yeah that's part of the insulting thing there's also a lot of appropriate there's also a lot of appropriation stuff that is yeah that's true problem um in terms of her language but yeah like that the further we get away from that she she's much better in like the like the way they write her like they've obviously like realized that i think like in the wonderlands games and stuff like that and like it's it's better um the way they write her like in avoiding some of that stuff um but but yeah i think my biggest problem casting wise is kevin hart like if i i can't with that guy like not 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 as like this like fucking like serious soldier like it's so dumb it's so dumb um and they're gonna have to make like shit is like best them. friend the rock should have been in fucking Dwayne should have been in it. Dwayne's a more appropriate Roland. Nah, he's too big. Roland is like um uh he's a good comp. I don't know. Roland is like Predator era Carl Weathers kinda. Hmm. Like not overly muscular, but fit. And just a soldier. I don't know. I can't think of a better comp for that, even though I know there is. Yeah, I was gonna say Carl, Carl Weathers not overly muscular. Like Carl Weathers, like has like the fucking craziest veins you've ever seen in Predator. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, that dude, fucking nuts. I gotta make um, my Carl Weathers custom figure. Hmm. You should. But yeah, it's a it's it was a disappointing trailer. After seeing the poster and being like, "Oh yeah, that looks cool," like um, the trailer is kind of like a letdown. <laughs> and on top of it, you're talking about like you know the money they make and stuff like that. They're already talking about this is a cinematic universe. Like they've already made that decision. Apparently, like that's the, the problem. I mean, again, the problem is that it's not going to make any money. They're not going to have. This is not going to draw people in at the theater. And I don't know it ever would. I you could have done it perfectly, 
And I don't think it's a movie that draws people in because it's for let's for us, you know. Right. I'm not spending money on this franchise. Right. That's Another a... one I've bought Borderlands numerous times over the course of <laughs> sure. my life. Right. I've already given them enough. I don't need to give right. a movie studio. Right. You're right. Um, but I don't know. Like it's it's interesting. It's kind, I mean... of, it's kind of an embarrassing universe in a lot of ways. Like mm-hmm. as much as I enjoy playing those games, a lot of the humor is super crass and not even like um what's his name? Uh, Hickory Dickory Doc. What the fuck's that guy's name? Andrew uh, Dice Clay. Yeah, Andrew Dice Clay. It's That's just really funny. It's cringy, like neck beard, like edginess. You know, I I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anywho, well, um, they have a lot of faith in it. it seems like as an August release. I mean, like, it's not, I I don't understand it. I don't know how they no. think they have anything on their hands here. They got Kevin Hart, man. I think that's it. Like, I don't know. I can't think of any other reason. Like, I, I think they, I think they got, they think they got something. Like, um, but we'll maybe, see. Maybe, maybe it's chlamydia. I sure. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe it's a uh, anal herpes. Like, that's weird. Well, Midi is not. No, you took it too far. <laughs> That's what I like to do with you because it makes you uncomfortable. I don't think there's such a thing as is there? Are there anal? Herpes? Well, I mean, like you can get herpes anally, like you know. Uh, yes, I don't think they manifest in your anus, though. Do they? I don't know. Are you the? Are you a herpes expert? I, 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 I have I, just read things online, Frank. Oh, about so you don't know. Hold on, let's let's eyes, look. Though. Let look. Let's. But you know about herpes in your I, anus. I, uh, Good, good job, app. Cecil County <laughs> Education. Yeah. It's a thing. I, I just Googled it. So my it's Google now knows, like, you know, the company, you know. I'm um, glad that you have that in your search history. Yeah, it is now. Right? Awesome. Yeah. Um but it's caused by the same, like, you know. As any other herpes, pretty much. Like, um, have you seen the new King Kong trailer? Oh, the Godzilla King Kong one you were mentioned to me. No, I haven't seen that yet. Um, it makes me sad. <laughs> I don't understand why King Kong has got to get a magic glove. The new empire. Is that it? All right. This is this your fault, Frank? I didn't say I wanted to watch it. No, nah, it's your fault. I haven't seen it. I just watched it last night. I, I know. You, can, you do. God, why is this? I feel like I've been seeing that, like, seismograph machine since, like, 1995. We Every fucking goddamn movie. only exist on the surface of our planet. I'll just keep using the sound. It's good. It's smart. It, it is. It is. Clever. Y'all just keep showing it. Oh my god. Is it over now? Welcome. 
Oh, another thing I like. Old-timey songs played over modern film. Uh-huh. Old-timey songs slowed down. This world has more secrets than we could I actually like the way that Kong looks in this movie. Oh, look at the baby Kong. What yeah. is that? Cute. Oh. That's not Kong. Yeah, the Scar King thing is silly. Well, she was saying that's not Kong, so... Who is yeah, it? he's the he's the Scar King. Is what they've dubbed him. Kong can't stop this on his own. He's like evil Kong. Okay, is he the one with the glove then, or is it Kong? No, Kong gets the glove. The bad guy doesn't have the glove. Mm. They build the glove for Kong so Kong can fight the bad guy. Gotcha. Alongside Godzilla, who's now reduced to being a sidekick. What have they done to my boy? Yeah, those. <laughs> oh, okay, there, there, there he is. Okay. Man, yeah, he's got a bandolier. So interesting. <laughs> that stuff looks good. I will always mark out the guy. We'll see. I hate uh, this shit though. Yeah. <laughs> fucking, fucking King Kong looks like fucking Thanos or Roman Reigns. Fucking like with his goddamn glove. He really does need to do the... A Superman glove, punch? The wrist cock. Yeah. Superman punch. Uh-huh. He should. He should. And then Dwayne can show up. Yeah. That was really racist. Um, yeah. Fucking... That looks so terrible. That's the... I don't know how you like those things, but that's fine. Whatever. You'll punish me with them someday. I don't like all. I don't like the Western Godzilla movies. I like seeing Godzilla in a mainstream Western release, but I don't like the representation of him. Did you know that when they made a TV series out of the like '98 Godzilla movie? Do you know who replaced Matthew Broderick in the TV no, series? No. Ian Ziering. Oh, nice. Wrap it back. You know, bring it back around again. I don't, I don't, that movie is, is garbage, so. Yes, it is. It's fucking terrible. Um, that's the last Godzilla. Oh, well, except, I guess except for those things. Um, the Godzilla Kong shit. I guess I watched the Godzilla ones, too. Ugh. What a terrible, like, first, like, six months COVID was. Um. <clears throat> all right, so next week, I don't want to seem like an equestriophile. Um. So we'll see what you pick and how much you come off like that next week. I do like seeing people ride horses. Not gonna lie. <laughs> maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's maybe that's where you got self. It was very. I remember being very self conscious. Like you said something, and it was actually pretty like you know innocu innocuous. And it's like, but you felt defensive about it. Like you would come off some way. Um, I don't want people thinking I like fucking horses. I, God damn it. <laughs> 
Yes. Yes. I definitely don't want people thinking I like fucking horses. (laughs) I also don't want people to think that in general I am a fan of horses. (laughs) That's probably what ended up leading to you saying it in that way for this category, is my guess. Oh, all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with Frank fucking horses. Ah, deuces.